there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. Okay. 2022. Back off this mic just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Cool. We're good. Sounding good. I think so. Peaks are looking good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Peaks are looking perky. (coughs) Let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) 2021 was good, but 2022, um, coming with the bad bitch magic. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love me some Queen Herbie. Okay. I don't even know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to Get say about that. Get on the Instagram and watch her. Okay. All righty. Okay. Okay. So, I'm jumping right in. Go for it. Because it's a lot. I tried to make it a two-part, but I didn't know where to cut it because Damn. it was going to be an awkward cut. Damn. Okay. So, it's a lot. All right. Okay. Well. And we're going back to the 1980s, where the worst fucking people lived, apparently. Apparently. So, I'm going to go ahead and put in a trigger warning for sexual assault. Dear God. Violence against children. Oh. Um, I'm also going to put in a fucking warning about not enough information was released in the 80s. That really was not. To the public domain. Really. So, I'm telling you, write meow. (laughs) That <laughs> all of this is from one, the newspaper, the Oklahoman. Okay. <laughs> Number two, appeals court transcripts. Got it. Fucking yawn. Um, <laughs> and three, me connecting some dots. Nice. Okay. Nice. So if I'm going to make wild conjecture, I will say I'm making wild conjecture otherwise it's fun from the fucking oklahoma or a okay appeals court transcript conjecture away so for all of those misinformation folk that want to be like they're not telling the truth listen we don't have any fucking information we are telling the truth <laughs> we don't We're have enough information. information from the media we don't have sources. enough information from 1980s oklahoma newspapers that's all I'm saying. Look, we're giving you information about this crime. We're work. We got to use what we got to work with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. It's fine. We're going to start. Go. On our journey. September seventeenth of nineteen eighty three. Okay. Okay. This got was it. before I was born. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> you were a wee babe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just about one or two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, seven-year-old Janelle Arlene Fowler okay. is found to be missing from her home in Western OKC. So, it's like Ann Arbor and something. A trailer park over at Ann Arbor and got it. something. Ann Arbor's between MacArthur and Meridian. Okay, I know where that's at. Or, Yeah. 
Um, her mother and stepfather wake up at like 8 a.m. and cannot find her. So they search their neighborhood for like two hours before they report her missing. Okay. Um, okay. So pretty quickly after she is reported missing, like within 24 to 48 hours, a man is in custody for her murder. Oh, shit. For her murder. That was David quick. Todd Osborne. Okay. Okay. He is the 19-year-old roommate of Janelle and her mom and stepdad. Oh. Okay. Was he also gone? He, mm-hmm, yeah, he was not in the trailer house at the time. Got it. Okay. So, uh, they arrest him, according to the Oklahoman uh, article, on a complaint of indecent liberties with a minor, which is child molestation. Okay. okay. That's just an 80s nice way of putting it? Um, they like to be nice about child molestation in the 80s? I think that's probably what the statute said at the time. Again, so statutes were making it okay to child yeah, molest it, it children? Yeah, it encompassed, like, a whole lot of... A nice thing. Mm-hmm, shit, yep. I think the statutes have evolved since then. Got it. Slightly. So. Um, so, indecent liberties with a minor. Mm. And also murder. Oh. So they're, like, pretty sure she is deceased within 24 hours after she's missing. Okay? Okay. We'll get there. It's okay. okay. I was like... (laughs) Yeah. I'm not just going to jump in and be like, well, that's the end. (laughs) (laughs) Dunzo. This was the case. Um, You know, uh, mission accomplished. (laughs) I'm George Bush on that aircraft carrier. Um, So also in custody for this case is Curtis Edward McCarty as a material witness. Okay. All right. Okay. McCarty is interviewed by authorities regarding this murder on November 16th, 1983. So you'll recall that's about two months after Mm -hmm. she goes missing. Mm -hmm. And he implicates Osborne as the murderer at that time. So the whole time for the two-month span, Osborne is charged with child molestation and murder. And McCarty is known as a material witness. Right. Okay? That whole time for two months. Okay? Got it. So, in November, McCarty implicates Osborne as the murderer. Also, on that date of November 16th, McCarty agrees to show authorities the approximate location of Janelle's body. Mm-mm. Okay? Okay. He told them they he that he did not know exactly where the body was located. This was found to be a lie because the next day he led them directly to the fucking body. Oh wow. Exactly where it was located. Oh wow. Um the reason why they knew it was a lie is because he, they gave him a poly- polygraph and asking him questions about his involvement in the murder. Okay? The test results apparently indicated that he had been truthful 
except with respects to his involvement in disposing of the body. Okay. Okay. Right. So they're like, he's probably helping dispose of the body and maybe that's it. All right. So her body is found in a gravel yard that's in an Oklahoma City landfill. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And McCarty is willing to provide the story of what happened that night in exchange for full immunity from po- prosecution on any charges connected to her murder and disposal. Good Lord. Okay. Okay. So even though... Even though he has brought them to her body. Right. He and Osborne were in custody from, like, day one. Right. Oklahoma City police still cut a deal with him and let him be fully immune. I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Let him have full immunity. How How do you live for... How, okay. Yep. How do you live with yourself mm-hmm. knowing that this garbage, piece of garbage human took the life of a tiny child and you're like no cool we'll let you go free just wait it gets worse motherfucker um it, i mean if i was gonna start with this <laughs> you know it gets worse right oh, right yeah. like this is my starting point just wait for this okay. shit show good lord okay so this is the story that mccarty provided after he was given uh an immunity guarantee full of yeah Okay. In the early morning hours of September 17th, 1983, McCarty and Osborne, who were both drunk and extremely high, decided to confront Janelle's stepfather regarding the rent he had been charging. Okay. (laughs) So something about this sort of tells me that maybe McCarty was also staying in the trailer Mm -hmm. um, and felt like they were getting screwed over rent. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. They decided to confront the stepfather over the rent. When they arrived at the trailer, McCarty and Osborne found other relatives asleep inside, so they left. They went to another trailer that Osborne owned. But I'm like, if you own a house, why are you renting Renting. from someone? It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. I I assume that this other trailer was in the same trailer park right. community right um because it said after they went to this trailer that osborne owned then osborne left in his car to go get cigarettes mccarty saw osborne's car pass through the trailer park shortly thereafter so he followed him on foot okay okay mccarty heard a scream from what sounded like a female voice He followed and saw Osborne swinging a bat by his car. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. He walked up and saw Janelle Fowler laying motionless on the ground, naked and bleeding. McCarty then helped Osborne load the child, now dead, into Osborne's trunk, and they drove to a gravel yard where Osborne disposed of the child's body. Good God. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. Okay. And. It, 
It Go just, ahead. Sorry. It no. just makes me sick to death that this all happened outside of her trailer or her home. Mm-hmm. Where and, she was supposed to be safe. Right. And her parents inside mm-hmm. and other family members. But no one heard it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those. Like, that's my worst nightmare is to be so deep into sleep that something were to happen. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't hear my kids. Right. Like, that's your worst nightmare. Yeah, that's a that's a full parents' worst nightmare situation, yes. for sure. Yeah. My, and ugh. this was um, severe enough, let's say, um, that there were a bunch of people hauled in initially for this. Like, cops were immediately on it. Damn. Um, there were a bunch of people hauled in on this and Osborne and McCarty wound up being the two left essentially within the first 48 hours. Cause like her stepdad was hauled in like a ton of people. Um, and I don't think he, he was never charged with anything. The stepdad right. wasn't, but right. they were just hauling people in right and left right. and picking them up and then releasing names to the media. Oh shit. Yeah. So it was like a whole thing that they were trying to, I mean, they they drug a net and they, you know, caught some things. So Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, it gets worse. So um Osborne later confesses to killing Janelle Fowler. He takes a, he enters a guilty plea and receives a life sentence. So they were just like, This is what I um think probably happened is McCarty was maybe the smarter of the two and knew how to work a deal. Right. And they probably had McCarty and Osborne both in the um in the jail or in the interview room or whatever and told Osborne, you know, we have McCarty over here saying you you did it. Mm-hmm. And he's um, he's willing to work with us and give us information and stuff like that. And he was probably like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like, enter that guilty plea and you won't get the needle, probably. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so regardless, uh, Osborne pleads guilty. He's sentenced to life okay. without parole. Okay. Okay. Um, and essentially... Uh, Osborne was fine with taking his plea. I don't think he realized that McCarty got a deal and got immunity. I think he thought they were probably both getting the same. Right. You oh, know what I mean? Yep. So I keep hitting this with my arm. Um. So the day after he pleads guilty, uh, Osborne gives Oklahoma County prosecutors a tape recorded interview. About what happened. So he's confessing mm-hmm. the full story of what happened. It only varies slightly from what McCarty said. Oh, God. So Osborne says both he and McCarty carried Janelle Fowler out of the trailer by force in order to, this says, in order to get her to have sex with them, she was a seven-year-old girl. Yeah, no. In order, they wanted to fucking rape her. They were going to rape her. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mark out this in order to have sex with her and 
say, in order to rape her. Right. And I I think I kind of just want to add something there. What we know now is rape. Prior to anything within the past, what, 10, 15 years, was very much a... Glossed over. Glossed over consensual yeah. or non-consensual exactly. sex. When, as now we know, there's either, there's either sex or there's rape. Exactly. So. Exactly. In the 80s, it was very much yeah. a... Yeah. This it was, was all in the gray area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says that they both carried her out of the trailer. She uh, panicked and tried to escape. Of course. Which... No shit. And Osborne took out a baseball bat and hit her over the head. Oh, my God. And then they disposed of the body. Mm-hmm. That that was his story. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, McCarty is scot-free at this point. Yeah. He's already done the deal. He gets immunity. There's no... <sighs> you don't vomit. get to go backseas yeah. on that. That's disgusting. Okay. Um. So, my whole thing is, if you're Osborne... And you've already pled guilty and taken your sentence, uh-huh. taken your life without sentence. Mm-hmm. What do you have to gain mm-hmm. by saying, no, it was me and McCarty that uh-huh. did this? Yeah. What do you have to gain? Right. Right. Other than just allocuting to your your crime. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um. So that's my number one question right. in this. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I assume at this point he knows that McCarty got off scot-free. Right. So could he possibly be trying to get back at him? I mean, maybe, but he's already off and you can't. Right. Does he know? I mean, was it possible, though, he didn't know that he was, well, I guess, how else would he be scot-free? I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. trying to think Osborne... Maybe thought McCarthy some McCarty somehow obviously lied and was not charged, yeah, as heavily as Osborne exactly, and so then kind of added to his story. But either way, you're already doing life, so yeah. What, what is it? What do you have to gain? Yeah, you've already said you are guilty of this crime. Yeah, so so I can see it on somebody that's the fact that this person who has already gotten a, a life sentence and pled guilty. Mm-hmm. It, his story varies mm-hmm. from the guy that got immunity. Full immunity. Tells me that there might be a slight fucking issue there. Um, just a tad. Um, but regardless. <laughs> so, um, it's made me mad. Huh. And let me be very clear. The crime that we get to at the end of this is where I started. And then went down the rabbit hole backwards. Oh. Okay. Okay. So this was like at the end of my rabbit hole. Oh, shit. When I'm looking at appeals and stuff and I'm like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. So we'll get to that. But Shan, the rabbit holes you go down. (laughs) Bananas. The little prairie dog villages that you you visit. (sighs) I know. It's bananas. Okay. So that was September of 83. Got it. Okay. Yes. We're going to move on to March... May of 1985. Okay. Okay. A 14-year-old girl mm-hmm. from Moore is offered a ride home from a party by a full-grown-ass man. Okay? Okay. So I'm not 100% clear 
if this guy happened to be at the same party or if he was just cruising and noticed her walking and offered her a ride. Right. Okay. Regardless, that wasn't specified in any of the articles or anything else. So we're just going to say in some way, this 14 year old girl wound up being in a car with a full grown ass man. Okay. On that in May of 85. Right. It wasn't an Uber. They didn't have those it was not an Uber. Um, <laughs> so. This was straight up a predator. Sorry, go. Yeah. And. In the 80s, I feel like that was probably normal-ish, and Moore was still a relatively small-ish town, mm-hmm. city. City. Yeah. It's not, definitely wasn't as big as it is now. Right. Um, so she accepts the ride, and then shit goes sideways. Mm-hmm. Like it does. Mm-hmm. So he starts attacking her. Oh. I don't know if he took her to, like, a deserted area or what, but... He chokes her until she can't breathe. He rips off her clothes and tells her not to scream or he'll kill her. Oh, no. He rapes her, sodomizes her, Mm-mm. forces her to perform oral sex multiple times. What? Over the course of like a two hour period. So, okay. Yeah. I want to add to this. Okay. Okay. So we learn all these less. We hear all these stories about women that were forced um, to do to give oral sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know at the time, I I couldn't even put myself in those people's shoes. No, I don't know what I would do. Whatever, I just don't. But what I've always taught my children is if they were ever forced, bite hard to bite it off. Yeah, to just. Dig down deep into your soul for the most evil, devilish anger that you can. If you muster, already feel like he might kill you anyway, bite you it off. Bite it off. Yep. And yeah. I, like I said, again, I'm not. There's. Please understand. No victim blaming here. I'm just. If you are able to bite fight it off. back. That's how you, fight, especially in that, yep, in that situation, one thousand percent fight back because you do that, he's, you're, yeah. Unless he's on bath salts, pretty sure you're gonna. Be I able mean, to get away. I think that would even bring a guy on PCP to his knees, probably. Maybe. But oh god, that just makes me. Yeah. Okay. She is terrified for her life. She is. Um. <sighs> Somehow she gets out of it. Either he dumps her out or lets her out of the car or whatever. And luckily, she does have the strength to tell someone. And the police pretty quickly identify the suspect as our friend, Curtis Edward McCarty. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So weird, right? No way. They let a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's so weird that... Yep. Todd molester, go free. Mm-hmm. Murderer, go free. Huh. Yep. Who knew that? So this was not printed in the paper at all because it's the rape of a 14-year-old girl. Right. Um, this is information that I got from an appeals court transcript. Okay. And some subsequent newspaper articles down the road. Okay. From years down the road. Okay. So... For whatever reason, 
um, the Cleveland County DA's office reduces a first degree rape charge to a second degree statutory rape charge. But so, why? Yeah. So but why? the first degree rape charge would have said that this girl was raped by force and threat of violence at the threat of violence. She was. A second degree statutory rape charge says that they had consensual sex, but oh she God. was not legally old enough to consent. I'm going to I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Yeah, it like, was gross. What the hell? It gets worse. So, um in the court transcripts, it speculates that either the Cleveland County DA's office was not confident in her as a witness. So either they weren't confident in her, like, putting her on trial in the witness box. Okay. Or they weren't confident in her story. Or the parents asked to reduce the charges so that she would not have to testify at all. Okay. Oh, my God. So there's some sort of... There was some sort of... Uh, agreement negotiation, something made between the Cleveland County DA's office and Curtis McCarty. And he pled guilty to second degree rape. Second degree uh-huh. statutory rape. And how long did he get sentenced for? He got a five year sentence. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Golly gosh darn. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he was sentenced to five years in prison in October of 1985. Jesus. Okay. That's sick. So the weird thing is, just before he perpetrates this rape in May of 85, Oklahoma City police are looking at him for a different crime. Okay? (laughs) Uh Surprise, surprise. So... Let me do a little background on this crime that OKCPD is looking into him for. Okay. Okay. It goes back to December of 82. So before. Before Janelle. Janelle. Mm-hmm. So December of 82. Mm-hmm. So on or about December 5th, 1982, Pamela K. Willis, who was 18 at the time, moves in with her friend Melanie Kaufman into a home in South Oklahoma City. Okay. Melanie's husband, Dale, had moved out because they were having marital problems, and Pamela moved in. So it's two girls sharing a house, whatever. About five days later, in the early morning hours of December 10th, Pamela would be murdered in her bed. Okay? She had been raped. Her throat slashed. She was stabbed three times with two different kitchen knives and strangled with a rope. Good Lord. Yeah. So it doesn't really necessarily say if the ultimate cause of her death was one of the stab wounds or the throat slashing or the strangulation. So it's kind of um, questionable what the ultimate cause of death was. Right. For me. I'm sure someone knows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so her dad, who was an Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics agent, 
<laughs> would later state that on the night of no of De- December the 9th, which is essentially the night before she the night going into when she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Pamela had called him multiple times to get help she was studying for a college exam. Okay. Okay, or for an exam. Um and Dale Kaufman, who is Melanie's estranged husband, states that early in the morning on December 10th, about 1.15 a.m., he called the house to talk to Melanie. And when the phone was picked up, he heard a woman's voice call out, help, and Dale, please help me. Okay? Okay. So, this is never stated anywhere, but I want to think that Dale is like, oh, fuck, and calls the cops to go over to the house. Right. I hope. Uh-huh. Because her body is found at 2 a.m. Oh, shit. So okay, it's like... So, so someone did. Lickety split. Yeah. Quickly. Um, her body is found. Um, And I want to think that's what happens. I'm hoping that's what happened. But regardless of who found her or what happened in that time frame, her body was found about 2 a.m. Okay. Okay. So... For years, Oklahoma City Police Department is looking into suspects. One news report said they had called in over 35 suspects, like, to come in. Um, And uh, even in 1983, Curtis McCarty was interviewed. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because he was an acquaintance of both Pam Willis and Melanie Kaufman. All right. Oh, my goodness. So when he is first interviewed in March of 1983, which is about three months after the murder, Mm -hmm. um, he tells them the night before Pam is killed, he had received a phone call from Melanie Kaufman requesting that he obtain some acid for Pam. Okay? It's the 80s. Like, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. I never did acid, so I have no clue. But Nope. I don't. I think, but some people said it was fun. I don't. Yeah, I'm that's, not. I don't. I'm, I don't know. I'm fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll live vicariously, I guess. I don't no. even drink anymore, so I'm just not on the fun wagon, I guess, but whatever. Um, So he said he's trying to make a connection to get some acid for her the, the night before. And these guys named Chaz Kelly and Sean McCarthy came to his residence. The three, so... McCarty, McCarthy, and Chas Kelly leave Curtis McCarty's residence and go to the house where Willis was staying, where Pam and Melanie lived together. Right. To deliver the acid. They were there a short time and left to go to band practice at the studio on class in that evening. So apparently this fuck was in a band. Okay. All right. So that was his story from 83. Got it. Shortly after the murder. All right. So he's saying he saw her the night before she was murdered. He dropped off some acid and rolled out. And that's the last time he ever Mm -hmm. talked to her. Sure. Okay. So we'll flash forward again. I know I'm hopping around, but Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, connecting dots. So we'll flash forward again to March of 1985. So this is before the rape of the 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. This is two months before the rape of the 14-year-old girl. Um, OKCPD goes to McCarty's workplace 
and is like, hey, we need you to come in for an interview on Pam Willis. Again. In 85. In 85. Okay, got it. Okay. That's three, two and a half years later. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he rolls down there. Um, and on three consecutive days, he gives interviews to Oklahoma City Police Department. And he is represented by counsel on every one of those days at every one of those interviews. Okay. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Three consecutive days. And then on the 11th, so he gives interviews the 6th, 7th, and 8th. On the 11th of March, he ultimately has an interview transcribed by a court reporter. Just in an interview room, they're essentially giving him a deposition, if you will. Okay? And he, again, is represented by counsel at every one of these interviews. Because he's no idiot. Right. He's like, I want my fucking lawyer. Yep. So. Always get a lawyer. (laughs) Always. Yeah. For everything. Even when you're innocent, get a lawyer. Yes. Especially when you're innocent, get a lawyer. So by the time March 1986 rolls around, okay, he's already been tried, of not tried, but charged and pled for the rape of the 14-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And during that time frame where he's um, up on rape charges, they also have him sitting at the Oklahoma County Jail because they're charging him with murder for Pam Willis. Damn. Okay. Okay. So March of 86, they start the trial for McCarty um, for the murder of Pam Willis. And his various police interviews are brought into evidence. Okay. Starting from when he was first interviewed in 83, Mm -hmm. all the way up to right before the trial. Okay. Okay. And the biggest thing to know about these interviews because they were transcribed into appeals court transcripts, word for word, nice. um, is that they vary wildly from day to day. Like those three days that he was interviewed consecutively, his story about where he was and what he was doing varies so much that it's what? like... What? His lawyer was probably like, you just need to stop talking. His lawyer, I can't even imagine. I'm hoping it was a public defender and not someone that he was paying money for. Because if an attorney was setting in on these things, I would have been like, just shut up. Shut the fuck up. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, he he was spinning all these stories and essentially um he's with different people doing different things and or all of them sort of have a theme. Okay. <laughs> They stop at Pam's house to deliver acid, but then they leave. Or they saw her, but she didn't buy acid and they left. But one of the most interesting stories is McCarty and a guy named Rick Terry, who is his drug connection, go to Pam's house. He intended to set Rick Terry up with Pam so that Terry could get sex from Pam in exchange for drugs. And then McCarty figured by setting this whole rendezvous up, he would also get extra drugs from Rick Terry. Okay. Uh-huh. After he took Terry over to Pam's, McCarty left. He says. Of course. Okay. 
He told the police he was driving his white Volkswagen, which ordinarily would not run, but did that night. Oh, well. Okay. He said that it was raining and his car stalled when he was going back to Pam's house. He called over to Pam's and spoke with Terry, who told him he had gone to the bathroom and Pam had gotten into his bag of money and drugs. So Terry told McCarty to keep his mouth shut. So he's essentially insinuating that Terry has murdered her. He knows that Terry has murdered her. Mm-hmm. And Terry tells McCarty to keep his mouth shut. Right. And the whole reason for this murder was because she got into his bag of money and drugs. Right. Okay. So McCarty called a friend of his named Cindy Parks. And he said, hey, my car's broken down here at this convenience store. And... I need someone to come pick me up because I'm worried the cops are going to come here because I'm using the phone too much. What? Mm-hmm. It just keep just what? it it gets better. Okay, this guy. Okay, so he says he called Cindy Parks. Um, Cindy did not come pick him up, but she called a friend of hers who came with her brother. He did not remember her name, but remembered that she had blonde hair. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. This interview from March of 85 is important because later the following testimony would be given at his murder trial. Okay? So just follow me. Okay. Um, Cindy Parks, so you'll remember his friend Cindy Parks, Mm -hmm. testified that on December 10th, 1982, she received several calls from McCarty after 2 a.m. asking for help with his car, which had broken down. Mm -hmm. He was calling from a convenience store and told Parks he was afraid the clerk would remember him because he kept using the phone so much. Parks testified that McCarty sounded nervous, but she did not know why. She told him she would call a friend who knew about cars to go and help him. Mm -hmm. So Parks called her friend named Anna Hawkinson, and it's like a Dutch name, I would say. Oh, okay. Some sort of, um, you know, Netherlands type. Lots of A's. Oh, okay. Uh, who agreed to go and help them. To go, Agreed to go and help him. At school the next day, Cindy Parks learns that Pam Willis had been killed the night before. So they're like all in the same kind of circle of friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Anna Hawkinson testifies she receives a phone call from Cindy Parks between 2 and 3 a.m. on a rainy and cold weeknight in 1982. Parks asked her to go help push McCarty's car home. Anna rode with her brother Olaf, he likes warm hugs, (laughs) in his truck to the car, which was at Southwest 89th and Santa Fe, 
they pushed the light blue or white Volkswagen to a house and more. Okay. So, are you following all of this? Yes. Okay. So, that was testimony that was given at his murder trial. Got it. Okay. And also lines up with at least one of the stories that he gave to the cops. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> one of them. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Um. So, if you're putting all this together all of this is happening after pam's body is found right all of these phone calls that he believes exonerate him happen after her body is already found right he after she is already dead did he not think in his did he not come to the conclusion or think that oh hey the person i was actually calling might actually look at the time well and i'm telling you before 1 a.m and all of his, you know exactly what he's, he's thinking. Calling. He's already got off of one murder. Oh, yeah. He's already sold his fucking friend up the river for one murder, which yeah. I'm not saying Osborne was innocent or anything, yeah, no. but he's already gotten immunity on one murder. He's going to try to fucking turn Rick Terry over and say, this guy's the murderer, yeah, and it, he's I'd like dealer. immunity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee he was oh, like, yeah. I would like immunity. And they were like, go fuck yourself. They're like, not, not again. <laughs> not after your at least third... Uh, rape interaction with us yeah um so yeah so i think he just thought like i've already gotten away with it yeah i have these five years to do on this rape charge but Um, he got cocky yeah so in addition to the we'll say ear witness testimony because we're talking about phone calls right right nobody knows where he was actually at right okay in addition to all of this, there's a fingerprint found in the Willis Kaufman home on the bottom of a vase. And other, we'll say, other biological and hair evidence that was processed by Joyce Gilchrist in the OKC oh, no. police crime lab. Yeah. Uh-oh. So we don't know if that was bullshit or not. Right? Right. Okay. Um... So there were some other things. There were some other um, people testifying. Like there was an ex-girlfriend of his that said he confessed to her that he had killed Pam Willis. And he was worried they would find him because he took a glove off to smoke a cigarette and left a fingerprint on the knife drawer or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, But I'm like, if... This is my whole thing, too, with the murder scene as a whole. Mm-hmm. If they're not finding fingerprints and stuff that don't belong to those two girls or people that have immediate access to that house, mm-hmm. um, someone brought gloves, uh-huh. which suggests to me that there's a lot of premeditation oh, yeah. there. And not just a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. She stole my drugs and money out of a drug bag that nope. I brought. Right? Nope. He rolled up with gloves. Am I nuts? Nope. That's okay. exactly how it goes. So during the trial, they were sort of suggesting that there was Travis McCarty and an unknown John Doe perpetrated this crime. Okay? Of course. So during the whole trial, McCarty's uh, attorney is saying, like, but how do you know it was him? It could have been this unknown John Doe that you have yet to identify. And I'm like, well, fuck, McCarty's given him 50 names. Right. Right. 50 different names of friends. It's always someone else that he was 
in the vicinity of. Exactly. Yeah. He's always like murder adjacent, uh-huh. but not. Exactly. And I'm like, you you can only be murder adjacent so many times before you're a fucking murderer. Right. Right? Right. Okay. Just so long as we're on the same page. Because yeah. I'm going down this rabbit hole and I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> he just loved depending <laughs> on someone else that he just happened to witness <laughs> rape and kill a woman. Yeah. I am over this dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you will be surprised to find out that the jury actually took a while to convict him. Oh, for the love. And the prosecution, you know, Bob Macy's office, was a little bit worried that they were going to have a hung jury. Uh-huh. Okay? Shit. But... He was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. Nice. Okay? Okay. So, I would like to tell you that that's where the story ends, but it's not. Um, I bet, I bet, uh, what's his, what's his face, the other guy that got convicted? Osborne? Yeah. Was probably like, ha ha, sucker. Osborne testified. Against him? At this trial. Because they can bring up his prior offenses. Mm -hmm. Osborne testified at this trial and was like... He fucking killed Janelle Fowler. Mm-hmm. I don't know because he was like, I'm doing I'm doing the time because I was there too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like doing my life sentence and accepted my plea and everything like that. But they were like, but he was like, he fucking killed Janelle Fowler. Mm-hmm. And on the stand in front of Jesus and everybody. So yes. I was like, Hmm, okay, well, there's that. And then they also had the 14-year-old rape victim on the stand at this trial. Oh, that poor mm-hmm. baby. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she said all of the things. I'm, oh, God. Yep. That, yep. Good for her, but also, too, she had to just Like, how traumatic. So scared. Yeah, how traumatic is God that? God bless. Um, so, they convicted him. They sentenced him to death. In 1988, his automatic appeal was heard um, by by the Court of Appeals in Oklahoma, and it addresses a whole bunch of different shit. So it addresses, like, the fact that Joyce Gilchrist... Um, oh, that's why I, I was afraid you were going to bring that up. Yep. Like, okay. It addresses the fact that Joyce Gilchrist processed this scene, mm-hmm. right? They processed the forensics back in 82. Mm-hmm. She withheld the forensics from his defense. Uh expert witness until the day before the trial started in March of 86. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was a shit show, man. And they they're saying, you know, she the DA's office and the crime lab knowingly withheld evidence and the defense was not able to provide an mm-hmm. adequate defense because of this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It also said that like um the DA presented his rape charge against the 14-year-old girl as a prior offense when it actually happened after Willis's murder. And I was like, listen, you don't get to nitpick shit like that, bro. Uh-uh. Um, it was a ton of different points in this 1988 appeal. A lot of them had to do with Joyce Gilchrist. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. And uh, the appeals court agreed and set aside his conviction and ordered it back to the lower court for retrial, oh, if they fuck. so chose. Oh, my God. Okay? Okay. So I think it's really important to note here that in this specific instance, the appeals court in Oklahoma 
was very aware of what Joyce Gilchrist was doing. Very aware. Oh, God. Okay? Okay. And this was 88. This was 12 years before she started being investigated. Okay? Shit. Okay. So, um, they sent it back to the lower court for a retrial. In 1989, he was tried again and convicted again oh, thank God. and sentenced to death again. Thank goodness. Okay. Okay. In 95, he had an appeal heard again. Of course. And the court was split. Huh? The court uh, justices, the appeals court uh, justices, mm -hmm. were like, it wasn't like eight to one or nine to three or what. I don't know how many there are, but it wasn't like there was an overwhelming um, agree or disagree. They were split. Oh, and because of that, they upheld his conviction, his murder conviction, but sent back to the lower courts for a new sentencing phase due to a jury instruction issue from the 1989 trial. For the love of God. Okay. So this is in 95. In 96, the sentencing phase is done, is redone. And again, the jury recommends a death sentence. Okay, thank God. All right. Okay. <laughs> so in 2002, with help from the Innocence Project, McCarty petitions for post-conviction release based on the fact that DNA testing had been done. So he, uh, he and his attorneys were able to have a seminal fluid that was found on Pam Willis's body retested against his DNA, and it was found not to be a match. Okay? Okay. Um, so, yeah, so they requested post-conviction relief based upon the fact that the DNA excluded him as a person who had recently had sex or raped Pam Willis. Okay? Hold, please. Um, <laughs> so, the appeal also itemized Joyce Gilchrist's exaggeration of hair evidence certainty, mm -hmm. as well as the serology, which is the blood evidence. And so this was 2002 when he petitioned the court. 2005, they finally heard the appeal. Okay? Okay. The appeals court judges say in their opinions that the DNA exclusion of Curtis McCarty simply means that McCarty did not rape Pam Willis but does not definitively mean that he did not participate in her murder. Okay? Yes. They also mention that although Joyce Gilchrist's deeds were egregious and likely led to McCarty not receiving a fair trial, the totality of the evidence without those items could still leave to a could still lead to a finding of guilt. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Regardless of these feelings, oh, the appeals court vacated the guilty verdict and overturned his death sentence, sending the case back to lower courts for prosecution if they so chose. The state never refiled charges for Pam Willis's murder, 
And Curtis McCarty is a poster boy for the Innocence Project. <gasps> so, since he was released from prison uh, in 2000 and... I think 2005. Uh, he did a whole bunch of, like, interviews. He did a whole bunch of... Um, like educational things at different colleges and universities and things like that. And also he has reoffended. Oh. Yeah. Not he rape. Let loose. Not a rape. Sexual. He's currently predator. imprisoned on drug charges. Right. But they also let loose a sexual predator in uh, college campuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I have a lot of love and respect for the Innocence Project. I truly do. Uh I really do. Agreed. And we both know that this whole Joyce Gilchrist debacle was a clusterfuck. And that they, um, they incarcerated and probably put to death a lot of people that were innocent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um... I don't know how I feel about this. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Curtis McCarty. Um, I have a whole lot of mixed feelings about Cleveland County letting him uh, plead to second degree rape from that first degree rape charge when that was a violent rape of a 14-year-old child. So... um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm in complete shock right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously wasn't there. We don't really know. Yeah, we have no down. idea. Yeah. However, him just being in the vicinity of rapes and or murders, he's not an innocent person. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can only be rape and murder adjacent so many times before, like, when does somebody say he's a rapist and or murderer? Right. You know what I mean? Right. It just, it goes along with the, um, that serial killer in Houston. The can't, Dean Coral? Dean Coral. Yeah. And his two teenage, Mm -hmm. um, I want to- Just Lane Maxwell's. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That were, like- Oh, we never did it, but we sure as hell brought him the boys to do it, too. Yeah. How are you associating yourself with so many people that you uh, easily say, oh, well, he murdered her or he he did did it? Yeah. How are you easily identifying your, like, easily associating yourself with so many people that you yourself could throw under the bus and say, well, right. he's probably a murderer. Right. You know. Yeah. You're just you're just as guilty. Yeah. If you if you watch another human being take a life and you do nothing about it yeah. until questioned about it. Yeah. Then that's why we your morals are just as low as the killer. That's is, why we mind. legitimately have felony murder statutes here. I think they do in every state, I would assume, but if you are participating in the commission of a felony and a death occurs, yeah. that is felony murder. Yes. And you, whether you cause the death or not, right. you are guilty of felony right. murder. 
Right. Period. Right. So I'm just kind of like, mm, how? I just don't. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I feel very, very conflicted. Very conflicted. Is he still in, still in prison? He's in prison currently. Yeah. On drug charges. Drug charges. Yeah. It might be like community corrections or whatever, because it's pr- probably a pretty low level offense. Right. It was like drug and paraphernalia, but since he had previous offenses. Right. Or a previous offense, the only previous offense that he has quote unquote served time for at this point is that five year for second degree rape. Everything else he's gotten off. <clears throat> That's insane. And he did spend time in, I mean, he spent a lot of years in prison right. for Pam Willis, but at the end of the day, if they have overturned his conviction and failed to retry him or recharge him, um, Pam Willis's murder is essentially unsolved. unsolved. Right. At this point. That's awful. Just like so many others in the 1980s because of Joyce Gilchrist and the OKC Crime Lab. Right. And it's a shit show. Good God. Yeah. That's intense, Shane. I did not see that ending coming. I'm just a lot. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm literally like, um, but wait. And like I said, I started with Pam Willis. And everything that you read is like, oh, well, Curtis McCarty was tried and convicted in 1986. And then the next thing you see about Curtis McCarty is he's freed on a DNA exoneration in 2005 or whatever. And it's like, well, what are they doing about Pam Willis's murder now? Right. Because we have DNA technology at this point that... Yeah. Whose DNA doesn't match? Why are we not doing genetic genealogy to try to find who was the depositor of that semen sample? Right. Why are we not trying to get something off the knife? You know, there were two different knives. So it's... Yeah. They're backlogged. (laughs) I'm just just whatever. use that excuse. Whatever. They don't know what to But yeah, that's uh, (sighs) Curtis McCarty for you. Wow, I just don't know what... uh, well, my mind was made up about him, like, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, when he so, participated in killing Janelle Fowler. Yeah, when he was there, helped move a child. Oh, God, it just makes me so angry. Because, see, that's my whole thing. And I, like, I sort of, I know I shouldn't because a life is a life, but I sort of separate things. Like, if you participated in a drug deal gone wrong and someone got shot and you were like, oh, shit, now I have to help my friend clean up the mess or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one thing. But if you were truly innocent mm-hmm. and your buddy is beating a ch- seven-year-old child over the head with a baseball bat mm-hmm. because he tried to rape her and she didn't comply. Mm-hmm. But then you decided to help hide the body, too. Yeah. You're garbage. You're literal human garbage. And what else could you do? You know, because if you can um, justify that in your brain, what else can you justify? And obviously he justified a lot. Yeah, he did. Right. Agreed. So. I agree with that 100%. That's. He's just as bad as the killers. Yeah. If he's not one. (laughs) Wink, Uh, wink. Yeah. So. Right. Anyway, that's a. Good God. DNA exoneration and. All the shit that went before it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was a good one, Shan. Yeah. That was sad and scary and shocker of an ending. 
So if anybody has info on Pam Willis's murder from 1982, yeah, some fucking call somebody. Right. Phone a friend. Yeah. Like at this point, because I think what people forget is like, even if you were in the drug culture in that time or doing petty nonsense, the statute has likely run out on everything but murder but at murder. this yes. point. Yeah. So if you know something from the 80s, fucking say something. <laughs> I love it. Like. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. I, nobody cares if you smoked a doobie. No, not 30 years ago. Nobody nope. cares. Not at all. Was so. 82 was 40 years ago. Listen, Linda, I'm 29 forever. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's that. Thanks, Shan. Thanks, Shy. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, Like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.